Hi listeners, today I'm gonna be podcasting about Habits of Holiness Part 2. Make sure to listen to this podcast and make sure to apply God's word in your life. Welcome to this new episode. Say you're sorry. Have you ever been in a fight or done something mean to a sibling or friend? Only to have your mom demand that you apologize. You don't necessarily feel sorry, but you say so anyway with all the sarcasm and eye-rolling you can muster. While your mom definitely had great intentions through this whole process, don't get mixed up thinking that you actually repented. Repentance can be explained as a 180-degree turn, like you're headed one way and then do a complete about-face and move in the opposite direction. This definition describes an intentional action, which is super important, but it's not a one-time practice. See, repentance is so much more than feeling bad for doing wrong or saying we're sorry for hurting someone. Repentance may start with those things, but it doesn't stop with those things. Repentance is a radical change in direction. Not only do we turn our hearts in the direction of God, we also aim our actions in the direction of God. David, Israel's most famous king, was called a man after God's own heart. And this is how he's remembered despite the fact that he blatantly committed adultery and murder. How can that be? Well, because David practiced repentance. He was someone who was known for moving in God's direction. He lived out this habit. So what can we learn from him, his mistakes, and his prayers? First, we see that repentance involves admitting we've messed up. Psalm 51 verse 4 says, Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your, eye, in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Repentance requires owning up when we screw up, but it's not just pretending we're sorry in order to make someone happy. We've got to actually recognize the cost and ask for forgiveness. Again, David demonstrates, Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. David understood the consequences of his decisions. He had jeoparded his intimate relationship with God by choosing to follow his own desires. But beyond just recognizing his error, David begs God to restore him, to heal the relationship. And he asked for help. For sustaining strength going forward as he commits to doing better. And here's what his commitment looks like. Psalm 139 verse 23 to 24. Search me God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David's commitment to doing better required consistency and vulnerability. He continually opened himself up to God, allowing the Lord to point out anything that was inconsistent with David's radical change in direction. In this process, admitting we've messed up, asking for forgiveness, and committing to doing better, that's what real repentance looks like.
Habit 3. Practice Repentance Take a cue from David and start praying Psalm 139 verse 23 to 24 daily. Pray or journal at the end of the day and start inviting God to show you if there is any offensive way in you, anything that is not holy, anything that is hindering you from living out your calling as a holy person, representing your holy God. Along the way, you'll discover that practicing repentance in the small things makes it so much easier to practice repentance in the big things. It takes vulnerability, but it leads to greater intimacy in your relationship with God and to richer, more meaningful relationships with others. Even those things. Forgiveness is another one of those words that can get a bad wrong. Like, isn't it letting this person around me get off scot-free? Or signing up to be walked all over? Is offering forgiveness a live and let live mentality? Or is it actually part of being holy? Here's the thing. We are called to be holy as our Heavenly Father is holy. To live in such a way that the world sees Him through us. And check out what Jesus does in, him, in one of his sermons. He says, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Wait, hold up. Did Jesus mess up the quote? I thought it was, Be holy, just as I, God, am holy. Yes, but Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. Because the part of holiness his audience was missing was mercy. And how often do we miss it in how we treat others? We can be all about grace and mercy when it comes to ourselves. But as soon as someone hurts us, man, do we want justice? Which makes it even more incredible to think about the fact that before you even knew him, acknowledged him, trusted him, or even took a single step toward him, Jesus went all the way to the cross for you. Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Talk about radical mercy and grace. What God shows us through the example of Jesus is that forgiveness really has nothing to do with the response of the other person. It is an intentional decision to treat them the same way that God, through Christ, has treated you. In other words, he has been so merciful toward us that our calling to reflect Him to the world is inseparable from the habit of showing mercy to others. After a challenging sermon, Peter asked Jesus this question, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus responds with this story, there was this guy who owed a massive sum of money to the king. The servant was in the position of literally losing everything he had, giving up his home and having to sell himself and his family members into slavery until he could gather enough to pay up. In an act of selfless mercy, the king forgives this servant's debt, cancelling it completely. What does the servant do? Weep for joy? throw a party, live the most generous life ever from that point forward? No, none of the above. Instead, he immediately goes and finds a fellow servant 
a friend who owes him a mere fraction of what he had always taken and demands to be paid back like now. He even roughs his body up and has him thrown in jail. Wait, what? Did he get amnesia when he left the king's court? Because that just shouldn't happen. And that's Jesus' point. The only appropriate response to being forgiven of the death that would have cost us our peace, our relationships, and our freedom, because that's what sin does, is to turn around and forgive others. Now there are those of us who have experienced deep, incredibly horrific wrongs. Hurting and taking advantage of others is not okay. And forgiveness doesn't make things all of a sudden sunshine and roses. It's not pretending that everything is fine. It's actually the exact opposite. Bitterness brushes things off. Forgiveness confronts them with the power of the cross. Jesus had to die for those things. That's clearly a big deal. And because Jesus died for them, we don't have to carry them. Choosing to show mercy and offer forgiveness frees us to walk in the peace wholeness and freedom that Jesus offers us, whereas choosing unforgiveness leads to bitterness, and the only person we're really hurting is ourselves. However, showing mercy doesn't always mean our relationship with the person will or should go back to the way it was before. We can choose obedience or repentance for them. As followers of Jesus, as holy people, our part is to offer mercy just as our Heavenly Father has offered us mercy. So habit 4, show mercy to others. How often should we forgive? That was Peter's question, which Jesus answered by saying 70 times 7, and then telling the story about the two debtors. Was Jesus giving us a word problem like in math class? No. So what Jesus was saying is that we are to keep forgiving until our forgiveness is completely completed. Another word for complete is perfect, and another word for perfect, yep, you guessed it, is holy. We, as holy people, forgive relentlessly, continuously, habitually, because our holy God never fails to forgive us. Romans 5 verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. One step at a time. Over the past few days, we've talked about what, is, what it looks like to live as holy people called to represent our holy God. But here's the thing. Remembering who you are, choosing obedience, Practicing obedience and practicing repentance and showing mercy, these aren't one-time things. Like, okay, I forgive that super frustrating kid at school yesterday, so I'm good, right? Well, it's a good first step, but don't stop there. We are called to walk worthy of the calling we have received, to string together step after step after step as we walk with Jesus. In other words, we need to form some habits. So what is a habit? A habit is something you do consistently, not just occasionally. It's a practice, a rhythm, something that becomes almost involuntary. What if obedience became almost involuntary? 
What if those temptations that seem so overwhelming could be diminished by small consistent choices made today? Imagine the closeness you'd experience in your relationship with God if you got in the habit of running to Him in moments of regret instead of hiding from Him. These are habits. Paul, an incredibly effective missionary and leader, recognized how easy it is for us to hear something, agree with it, think it's a great idea, and even take a few steps towards it, but never produce any results. Instead, we forget getting sidetracked by other things, and those things pull us in other directions. But good fruit is produced by consistent care and action over time. We've all heard of a bad plant, mom, like someone with the opposite of a green thumb. Usually, it's because they're absent-minded to some extent. They forget to water their plants or leave them out in harsh weather and then overcompensate. They water the plants like crazy or expose them to really intense light for long periods of time. And what happens? Their little plant bodies end up scorched or drowned. But this is exactly what happens to our good intentions. We try something for a while, forget or screw up, and then overcompensate. And this leads to things dying, not flourishing. So how do we create consistency? We stop trying and start training. Here's what Paula had to say. Don't you realize that in a race everyone wants, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. We run with purpose in every step. There is intentionality to what we do today because it sets up what we are able to do tomorrow. We take the step of eliminating temptations today so we can enjoy freedom and intimacy tomorrow. We repent bringing our screw-ups to God and seeking forgiveness from others today, which leads to healthier, stronger relationships tomorrow. We offer mercy today, which may help open someone's eyes to see who Jesus really is tomorrow. This is what it looks like to live as holy people in our life, in our real lives and relationships. We aren't just shadow boxing, working out imaginary situations. Our lives are the outcome of these daily decisions. These pur purposeful steps, these habits of holiness. So don't stop now. If you really want good habits, but tend to struggle in following through on your resolutions, check out Pastor Craig's message series, Greater Reward. He provides so many practical tips to help us choose what we want most. A holy life and God-honoring romantic or sexual relationships over what we want most. Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 3 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, 
endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you will continue to listen on my coming episodes and learn more. Apply God's word in your life and follow Jesus. Share this podcast to anyone and be of good courage. Bye. Thanks.